0: And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: This is the Vencat Studio
2: Collection.
3: Welcome, welcome to episode 19 of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo here with Guy and MTG. What's up, guys? Welcome, welcome.
4: We back, we back.
3: Oh man, we are recording January 8th, 2017, our first recording of the new year. Happy New Year, guys. This is episode 19. This is the Sam Cassell, Nick Van Exel episode. I think it has to be. It defi- doesn't
4: I don't think you can reference Nick Van Exel unless it's him in the Lakers jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't think we count his time in Portland or anywhere else.
1: What was his what was his jersey number in uh LA? Oh, damn, I can't remember. I feel like it was like 91 or something.
4: No, I think it was single digits. I think it was one number. Oh, okay. Single damn. digit. Wow. I don't know. N- uh, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, and uh, who else? Uh, who was the third member of that triumvirate? I mean, obviously you had Shaq and then Kobe came along later, but who was the third? Cedric Sabalos was before them. Mm. Damn, I
3: can't remember. Wow. He Ron Harper?
4: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. Seriously, seriously doubt it.
3: All right. We got to get right into it. Right into it. So we're playing a little bit of a little bit of catch up after we uh, we took a, an extended break here for a couple of weeks. So we're getting into it. Our games of note: intensity, intrigue, and introspection. All right, just a couple of quick hits because we were we we're off for Christmas and New Year's and celebrating with our friends and family and all kinds of people. So you know we're watching some ball, but we're we're still trying to catch up. Don't so,
1: forget Christmas.
3: I said Christmas. Don't forget. <laughs> R- Rakim Christmas,
1: Deontay Christmas.
3: <laughs> All right. So the first the first game I have to touch on is the Warriors Blazers game. The only reason I want to bring this up is this was just a pounding. The Warriors crushed the Blazers by forty five. Mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest the biggest defeat of the entire season. Um, there, a couple days later, the Cavs played the Bucks. The Cavs played the Bucks, but they go into OT. After how the Bucks started this season, you're like, is this even possible? The Bucs have completely turned it around, and we're going to get into talking about the Bucs in the standings this week. Uh, the Clips play the Spurs. Now, this has different results than when we come back to kind of current date. That's that's why I'm getting into this game. So the Clips beat the Spurs 106-101. There are a ton of injuries that happened since this game, though, yeah. and we we're going to break that down for you. The biggest game while we were away was the Cavs versus the Warriors. This was, this was the pinnacle of the Christmas Day games. Unfortunately, for unforeseen reasons, I did not have a TV to watch this game, so I'm, I'm watching stats. Did you watch this oh, specific yeah. game? Oh, yeah. This is, the Cavs end up pulling it out 109-108, uh, but it is close, mm-hmm. and it feels like last year's finals
1: a little bit. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game to watch. Lots of action. Lots of stories,
3: lots of drama. It's just more things to tell, you know, more things to come leading up to the playoffs. Of course. There's a couple a couple games. I mean, we can't talk about this last period without bringing up Russell Westbrook and just his amazingness in terms of continuing this triple-double streak. He, I think he goes for three triple-doubles just in the two weeks here that we take off, and I think he has more when we actually get back into our, our recap for this week. So he pulls one against the Thunder, and he pulls another— Versus the Clippers, absolutely incredible. Um, a couple last games that I have here are are the Warriors over the Raptors. This is a pretty good game and and you know a potential game that could come up later in the season in the playoffs. However, the Cavs might might have too much, so I don't know if we'll we'll get into that one. That's eh, it's an outlier. Um, the last game here. Is one of the highest-scoring games of the entire season. This is the the Rockets over the Clippers. I think was was this the game in which the Rockets actually took the most threes that they ever had? They end up scoring 140. I think the I think uh, Golden State actually ended up scoring 149 in a separate game this year, but. Sure. Kind of crazy. So I mean, the only
1: thing that I remember about this game is that James Harden had a triple-double. James Harden accounted for probably 96 to 100 of the 140 points. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous what he's doing. and That is... That is basically stupid. making the MVP race
3: impossible to predict right now. So crazy. MTG, do you have any... Uh, did you watch Christmas Ball?
4: Nah, I was out in the mountains, man did yeah, I missed the, the But greatest, you had league pass. I missed the greatest NBA uh, NBA. It's the greatest NBA holiday there the is. Season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really blasphemous and it's the first year in a long time I didn't watch Christmas Day games but uh, you know so I'll go.
3: You know, the fact that we both skipped Christmas Day games is is ridiculous but we'll be back for the All-Star games for Indeed. for We'll all. be back next Christmas. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned to this channel <laughs> <laughs> It's a long wait It's a long wait So, Alright so we're going to go into a couple games that actually happened From the first through this last week so Kind of get us back on the regular pacing here um, Hawks over the Spurs The Hawks are still in it This is just improbable That they're staying in it And we're going to get into that in the standings um, The Spurs are still playing great ball though as well This went in overtime the Bucks over the Thunder, man. The Bucks, as they as they started before Christmas, they continued on that on that streak. The Spurs absolutely crushed the Raptors. I, I was not expecting that. Um, that's kind of the only highlight from that game. Boy, this game this game on the fourth Greek Freak with the buzzer beat over the Knicks. Greek Freak just dominated the highlights. I think we're watching the the highlights. I think he has like three of the top ten highlights for that day. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, absolutely incredible. Every day,
4: even I the days he day. doesn't
3: play. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. He's just just a monster. It was a funny
1: um, you know, Greek freak versus Carmelo bout in the fourth, and he prevailed. It was pretty cool.
3: The, on the fifth, we have the Rockets over the Thunder. This is our first game back for NBA Thursday, for those who are in Seattle. This was a lot of fun. Boy, this is kind of crazy, though. Westbrook scores 49, and they still don't end up winning this game. I mean it's it's a matchup of probably the most likely MVP candidates, but we're gonna break that down in the three man weave. Um boy, I was shocked actually at this this next game. This was the Grizz over the Warriors, and this this game an- ended up going into OT, but this was a just a tremendous slide from from where the the Warriors had been up by like 24 in this game, I yeah, believe. Yeah. And they scored like 13. Thir- they scored 13 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Memphis scored like 32 to bring it to OT. And then Memphis just kind of ran away with it. Mm-hmm. Memphis is still still showing promise. Hey, MTG, Butler just decides to come out of the woodwork again and make himself a a potential MVP candidate.
4: Yeah, he uh, just has to put too many uh, numbers on the board in order for Sh- Chicago to be competitive every night. So, like, these are awesome, but, uh, like, you can't – can't do this all season. If it's it takes, not sustainable? Oh, if it takes Jimmy B 40, 50 points to uh, <laughs> beat the Raptors, uh, yeah, it's not going to happen every night.
3: So the the Bulls pull one against the Raptors last night in a in a fairly close game. But, man, Jimmy B is probably one of the best in stats, especially over the last week. Right. So, And Dwayne Wade in his uh, long underwear. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Grandpa Wade. <laughs> all right, so getting into some of our awesome moments and other stats – Obviously, you know, we talked about Russ and his triple doubles that it's just it's so amazing how easy he's making it sound that the, that the, those triple doubles are just coming out of the woodwork. By the way, MTG, I got a best broke jersey, so I'm Ooh. I'm going to rock it the rest of the season here. Gotcha. So, boy, breaking down Jimmy's stats over the last couple of games, 114 points over the last three games with what do you have? Fifty two in one of one, yeah. of one of the last games. Mm. Jesus. Ooh. Hey Gee, what happened with Eric Gordon here?
1: Yeah, speaking of Jesus, Eric Gordon's coming <laughs> off the bench and averaging three point eight three point shots uh, per game, second most all time and the highest ever off the bench, which is pretty ridiculous.
4: Boom, Mike D'Antonio's steroids for NBA players.
1: Um, he's a rookie right now, but Joe Allen Embiid had his sixth consecutive twenty point game. He's also doing this six consecutive, sixth consecutive twenty point game. Yeah, he's doing this. He's doing this in less than thirty minutes in all these games.
4: Joel Embiid, it's uh, you know, we are just like have all range of opinions on this man on this podcast. And just like <laughs> we need to have a segment where we just break down Embiid because like it's, just, it's taking everything in me not to just take the piss out of
1: Joel Embiid. Right now. So I'm, gonna, all I'm right. just gonna say silent. But we have it. a soundtrack for it too.
3: <laughs> all right? Yeah, it's 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 coming. So I want to talk about a couple things besides points. Talk about boards and assists and some other steal stats. So. Basically, we're so far in. I'm kind of looking at season-to-date stats as we catch up here. Whiteside is just is dominating on the boards, which is not a surprise. I think he's our pick very early on. Right. Harden is is just widening his lead over over Westbrook, though, in terms of assists. So and the rest of the league. Yeah, it's it's really not. It doesn't seem human. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is uh, John Wall. John Wall is really. Has really, researched. really in, improved over the last month, especially. Yeah. So, I think yeah, we'll uh, sh- we'll share some stats about him in, later on in the episode. So, all right, you know what? We, we had to get back into it. We had to go. We had to go down and kind of break down the games that we could watch this week and some of the highlights that we could watch. And we came up with our top five insane plays of the week. So, you know what? We have to start off with. I th- I think the most obvious for for us as Timberwolves fans and that's the that's Karl Anthony Towns with a monster windmill dunk um earlier this week I I believe it's against the Wizards yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank, b- thank you for that assist. I. Th- <laughs> I got the rebound. too He, he, is, he is the Rondo of podcast assist. Like it
4: wasn't, a, it wasn't a meaningful assist, but it was. Like it got a missed stat. It was, a, it was an <laughs> <solo>. <laughs> <laughs> He dribbled for twenty seconds. And I mean, did
3: it count though? Because we still lost, right? So that's what that's, tr- that's true. It was a monster dunk, and we were arguing. We were debating earlier if Eric – was it Eric Gordon from from the Magic? If if he came – Aaron Gordon. Aaron right. Gordon. Aaron Gordon. If he came from the Magic to the T-Wolves that we just put on dunk clinics the entire time, we, we still don't win games, but we, we definitely put on dunk clinics. Mm-hmm.
4: No, you're not playing any better defense with Aaron Gordon on your team. <laughs> that's not happening.
3: We're last in the league in
1: attendance, Sando. Yeah. What we need is more dunkers. <laughs> Four, just
4: just four four of the game. Four
3: power dunkers.
4: You need less tips, but we
3: won't even go. No, I mean, that's that's so much to get into. The Greek freak dominates like three plays this week for me. First off, he dunks from the, like, essentially from the free throw line in a game this week. Yeah. From the game on Wednesday. Just absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it's. Against the Knicks, yeah. Yeah. That was. But that was like. That was not even the best highlight from that game for him because he turns around with a game winner versus the Knicks in, in the closing seconds of that game. Yeah. Um, the Greek, the Greek freak just also throws down a power dunk on Tuesday. That was against a- the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zach Levine couldn't even watch. He couldn't even watch. N- not at all. So even though you can't spell his name, right, you can still vote for him though, yeah, on right. on Twitter. And that's I, th- right. th- I think you have to after the minute manu- after the maneuvers this last week, um, Guy and I were watching this as well, though. We saw Steph Curry with this fake pass. It, it, like He ends up doing this kind of like over-under layup kind of thing, but it looked like a pass at one point. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. No. Do you see this clip? Yeah,
4: yeah. No, that was the one where he switched hands underneath. Yeah. 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 That was the thing is that he was going to go up with the one hand, and then he kind of cupped it with both hands, yeah. and then went up with the left instead, and he yeah. just, like, Looks at his own hands as he's running <laughs> <the> <laughs> Incredible! I don't think it was ever a pass. at Any point, it was just like oh. he, it was—it was almost like his body instinctually knew what to do to yeah. get the ball up. He just didn't—he really he wasn't the one controlling it, right? Like oh that's what God. it looked it like.
1: It the cameraman as well as yeah. the defender because it looked like it was going to be a pass at one point. Well, it just looked like he wasn't going to
4: be able to do anything. With yeah, that. that was the thing that froze everybody. It's just like, uh, what do you like? He grabbed back onto it with his other hand. Yeah. and that's what threw everybody off. Right. So then
3: it's like one, I think it's one of the top plays I've seen all season. Like. A non-dunk play mm-hmm. definitely a non-dunk play it's
4: the it's like the the less glamorous version of the MJ switch hands in the finals uh, against the Lakers in 91
3: yeah it's De- like
4: it was that what you know and then Steph had a little theatrics at the end of it which made it you know even better but it was just like it was the same kind of move um, just incredible
1: hey Sp- speaking of theatrics though um, <laughs> Swaggy P kind of <laughs> lost his swagger a uh, little bit lost? I mean I don't <laughs> well because someone took it from him oh Kemba Walker. Uh, <laughs> Kemba Walker was like, "I just need some
3: attention from Iggy Azalea this week." This this is one of the funniest things I've seen, maybe all, maybe in the last couple of seasons because he just he's so confident that this ball goes in yeah. and just like turns turns around and just walks away shimmy, from it and shimmies and, and shimmies like it's not as good as the Marc Gasol like. The Conor McGregor, Marcus Saul, but it's it's pretty damn funny. Yeah. I
4: mean, it's it's really good. You know, no one. I don't even think that one will, uh, you know, overturn Swaggy Peas. You know, no look, miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's, like that one will always be at the top of the top of the mountain for me. But yeah. and then the thing is like. Kemba can't even, I mean, he's he's got like one entry on this list. Swaggy P owns the list. The, <laughs> na- the list is named after You're right. Swaggy. You're right. P. You know what I'm saying? Like, for a brief,
3: moment, for a brief it's moment. This the terrible moments brought to you by Swaggy P. <laughs> <laughs> and he
1: gained it back, I feel. Uh, because he made a shot and was like, I want the whole world to hear it. You know, the one shot heard around the world? You just thrust for like three solid <laughs> seconds. He was thrusting was pelvic, pelvic thrusting. Like he didn't even hit the ground yet. It no. looked like,
4: and he was already pelvic he was already thrusting, throwing. just going. And it was it was incredible. Like that. That's what I want to see. I want to see that level of confidence yeah. with every NBA player. <laughs> it's just, if you know what's going in like that? Just, start, just let it just, go. Let just it ride.
3: thrust it. Just just let it ride. Let it ride. Ike, you have one other terrible moment from the T-Wolves that I, you need to share. Well, yeah. Shaq actually introduced this play to us. Okay. Um, I didn't get a
1: chance to watch this game, but I got to watch this play on Shaq and the Fool. And um, after the Wizards scored a bucket, it was like a, one of the crucial moments in the game, like maybe two or three minutes left in the game. Everyone runs back. It's just Rubio yeah. trying to inbounds the ball, but he has, he has no one inbounds it to. Yeah. Everyone runs back, and so it's a five-second violation. <laughs> In the crucial moments of game, no one cares to want the ball. <laughs> and and that's why we've won eleven games. And all that's season. why, God, <laughs> it's it's I'm 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 hurting, dude.
4: And that's the thing, like things like that. That's I mean beyond just like player, you know, incompetency. That's coaching, man. Like, that's I don't know. We don't even we don't even get into it, but Tibbs, I, I think, think he's doing together. I think he's
1: doing too much. They're, they're not letting, he's not letting them think.
4: Exactly. Not Tom even. Thibodeau wants robots. He'd be the best robot basketball player <laughs> in the history of the league. <laughs>
3: Just the best bot coach ever
4: like Google needs to hire him as their basketball coach and sure. their basketball win. bot coach Well, that's the thing, uh, you know, a, uh, Google's coming out with uh, the new neural net uh, You know every week it seems like there's a new thing that's that's coming out a new uh, Proficiency standard is being broken and things just have Tom Thibodeau come in and coach your neural net like, <laughs> that's, that's his destiny right there. He doesn't need to coach actual humans that are autonomous uh, <laughs> Beings he needs people who don't think at all. He needs there's self, no response except self-driving basketball players
3: yeah. <laughs> That's, That's funny. funny. You know what? We we go from some really terrible moments into some really terrible players. And we introduce you this week to the O Man's Lounge. Now oh, we we're Oh man's We were off from the 17th to the 31st, but we are back from this new year and we have a couple of people who came to visit us. And you know, they saddled right up to the bar and boy they came with some pretty ugly stats. Ooh uh first off Dante Cunningham he just drops in he goes 0 for 4 in 25 minutes against the Clippers this is this is not good Moutier comes in and he goes 0 for 9 at 0 for 9 in like 26 like a full a full game Moutier more like A. Hey, not good absolutely not good hey who else came to to visit us game we got our little Tabo
1: Cephalosa playing 20 minutes. I feel like taking two shots. Here, have the ball. Take two shots. M- doesn't make me feel much better. We got Jay the Bay Clam Chowder Crowder <laughs> posting 30 minutes in a zero-point effort. Did you know that if you went to the stats and did a for per 48, yeah. it'd still be zero? <laughs> Not much better.
3: It's likely. I don't even know who this next player is. He has
1: hair, so I know who he is. Okay, Luke Babbitt, who has hair. With Uh, the classic, the most trash hair you
4: ever
3: seen in your life. It's pretty trash. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. He's he's he might be coming on our Twitter feed for sure, on Uh, all our feeds. Oh my god! Um, But at least he
1: has hair, and so I'm jealous. But he had the classic. I'm a starter. Let's play eight
3: minutes. Have nothing to do with the game. But it's but it's eight minutes now. Now there's a guy. But there's a guy that comes in. He, Dorian Finney-Smith comes in on basically around New Year's. He takes one shot in thirty minutes. Like, what does he even talk about when he's in the old man's lounge? I mean, like, do you really talk about being out on the floor? He talks what?
4: about having three names. Yeah. <laughs> that, of, that's it. That's more but, interesting
3: than his playing time
4: on the court. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Speaking
3: three of three names. Yeah, three names. We're, let's talk about three people who really. They they all decided to Uber over together to the old man's lounge. My my least favorite offensive player, uh, Andre Roberson. Uh, Sabonis and uh, Tony Snell also—they all came from one game. I'm like, this is basically like a four-on-three situation going on for the starters. What a terrible idea, Roberson! Just come on, man, just go, go away, go D-league. I think the the Texas Legends need you.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep throwing up some of our uh, some of our players at the old man's lounge on our Twitter feed. So check us out at 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 Ryden underscore the pine um, for more information on the O-Mans. All right, so we need to talk a little bit about standings because it's been a couple of weeks. So we're going to start in the east. I'm just going to run down here, and then we're going to kind of break down where we think teams are headed and, and kind of get into it. Um, starting at the top of the east, we have the Cavs. Cavs in first, the Raptors in second, the Celtics in third, the Hawks. The Hawks are in fourth pacers have decided to rise from the dead <laughs> and come back in the fifth spot the hornets are dropping into the sixth spot the bulls the bulls are locking down seven wizards the wizards are improbably coming back at eight the bucks are at nine the knicks are at ten and i don't care oh, about the rest of them nah, so. No. so thoughts on the east
4: yeah i mean to be honest with you uh i feel pretty good about it uh where we started at the beginning of the year and saying, uh, you know, with our predictions, who would be where? I mean, except for the Hornets, which I didn't have making it, and they've been on a precipitous decline. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all kind of pretty close to kind of how I thought things would shake out. I think um, it took the Celtics a little longer than I thought to get their Yeah, together. Yeah, they've
1: been beasting lately, like 10-2 and two in their last 12 games. Pretty insane.
4: Yeah, no, I, I, think, uh, I think their resurgence is good. The Hawks, I think... That'll be really interesting uh, with the Corver trade, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But I think they might be blowing it up this of course. season, yeah. Um, and so we, we might not even see them in the playoff hunt, which is crazy. Have you ever heard of a team being in the top four slots in the playoff <laughs> seed and deciding to tank? Deciding to no, blow it up? No, no. That makes no damn sense.
3: No, no.
4: Like they—they're not even statistically able to tank at this point. I don't think. Like
3: I don't—I don't think so. I mean, the bottom of the East is so damn bad that I—I yeah. I just don't think. Besides the pace, uh, uh, sorry. Besides the Pistons at eleven, I don't think there's any way we see the the Magic, the Sixers, the Heat, or the Nets anywhere close. No way. Anywhere yeah. close. They are they are dead.
4: Exactly. So I mean that just speaks to like what the hell's going on in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Indiana got off to a much slower start than I thought they would, but they've Sick. rebounded a little bit, and the East is so mediocre that you know a little bit over five hundred is enough to get you top five a high yeah. playoff seed. Uh, I don't think Chicago has staying power. I think Jimmy B is having to put up too many. Uh, stats have too big of a load. Um, I think. I mean, I'm so glad that somebody finally pulled the the cord on Rondo and yeah. just said like uh, every <laughs> team in the league is better without Rondo. Yeah. So um, they'll they'll get a little bit of life out of that, right? They'll get a little bump having not having Rondo not you know shit on everything. Um, yeah. The Wizards, I don't really see them sustaining. No at this point, I mean John Wall's on a tear, but when does Bradley Beal get really injured this season? It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Um so I think I can see uh Milwaukee definitely jumping up into those I, into that season. I could actually I,
3: so. I could actually see both the Bucks and the Knicks potentially going up. Yeah, I agree with that. Potentially I with that. see I could see I could see the Bucks going as high as maybe even six. Yeah. I don't I don't okay. I don't think they're gonna climb that much higher. I mean, actually with how close the standings are, the Bucks could theoretically climb to five. I don't Maybe even four, but I mean, that's like, it's so, so close. Yeah. Just uh, they're all around 500. Four to 11 is all, I mean,
4: we're really five to 11. Everybody's kind of in the same boat yeah. um, with the Hawks kind of not, not being in.
1: It's funny though. Like they're playing yeah. for fourth seed. Like yeah. that's all, that's yeah. their peak right now this but, season. And that's
4: the thing for a team like uh, Milwaukee or a team probably like New York, like that's a big step for them, right? Like, yes. Yeah. That's you know, again, everybody's playing for second in the East right now, but uh, for these teams that are like on a track to maturing and growing, like Milwaukee would be huge to it would be amazing for Milwaukee. I'm rooting Um, for them
1: all the way. I'm surprised, but not surprised at the Knicks right now. You know, they're falling out of favor. I'm not surprised. You know, like well, Derek Rose is surprised, right? They thought they called themselves the super team and he's not (laughs) he's not getting enough calls because, you know, he's not Derek Rose anymore, apparently.
4: Well, um. I mean, the thing is, I think the Bulls and Knicks are very interesting teams to compare right now yeah. because, like, if you just, like, how about this? Mellow is a better version of Wade yeah. right now. Yeah. Rose is a better version of... Uh, rondo because he's still on the court okay (laughs) right and rondo's just like not even in the rotation (laughs) and so then you you just have a like say like oh you know who do you pick jimmy b or porzingis yeah Yeah. and for long term you probably might say porzingis but right now it's jimmy b so there's like very evenly matched and you got the supporting cast you got courtney lee and jennings off the bench versus like miritich and mcdermott right like so you got Mm -hmm. you got interesting pieces you know Joe Kim Noah decided to revitalize himself, come back from the dead for a game um, against the Bucks. He had like nine and eight, but which that's a very Joe Kim Noah line, yeah, right? Yeah. He dunked on Giannis, right? Like so, <laughs> so, he's showing a sign of life. Who knows when he'll return back to his cave and uh, hey, not don't, be alive? Don't
3: they have a matchup coming up like pretty shortly? The the Knicks and the Knicks and the Bulls. I thought they're it's like a Thursday game potentially. I don't Maybe. know. I'll have Maybe. to check the they actual but, schedule. But- I
4: don't know. To me, they could flip-flop, right? I could see yeah. the Bulls in 10, could see New York at like 7. So yeah. yep. either way, I wouldn't be super surprised. I didn't pick the Bulls to be in the playoffs, and I just don't think it's sustainable. Yeah at this point, the way they're playing. But, you know, as a Chicago Bulls fan, I would love for them to maybe hit the eighth seed and just, like, you know, just have a bunch of, like, really rough games against uh, Cleveland, right? Mm -hmm. Just injure injure Cleveland, rough them up a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Huck over into the stands. You know, it'll be be real nice. I like it. And they'll get
3: out at the end. But I like it as a fan, though. I mean, we kind of expected one through three to happen essentially the way they are. Yeah. But it it leaves four through eight essentially open, which makes the rest of the season... Fairly interesting, as of at least as a fan and as yeah, you know, as a basketball addict to just watch and follow along with. And teams like Pacers and Washington, they
1: have the threshold to, and the capabilities yeah. to potentially get into that four-five spot, which is crazy to me. Yes, because they started the season as bad as mm-hmm. the Timberwolves, as bad as you know the Mavericks. So.
4: So here's here's the one X factor I would say in the East is does Atlanta trade Millsap yes. to another Eastern Conference team? Uh, another oh. Eastern Conference exactly team? Exactly. No. Nobody would have thought they would have traded Corver to the Cavaliers, the, you know, an Eastern Conference rival, but signaling that they're doing that does that mean Millsap could go to an Eastern Conference team, right? Like Toronto, which is where a lot of people think he'll end up. And so I think that's the balance of power, like question, like I've yeah. heard Washington come up in the trade conversations for Millsap, yep. and then a bunch of Western Conference teams, but. All of a sudden, you know, or even somebody like, uh, it just depends on what they think they can get, what the market is for Millsap. But I can even see a team like Milwaukee. Like all of a sudden, you flip like I don't know. I mean, they don't need Greg Monroe, but like Greg Monroe's expiring. Mm -hmm. Um, What was the dude, Uh, Henson or John Henson? Was he injured earlier in the year with a knee injury? Yeah. What whichever dude. So like him and you throw in like a number one for Millsap, right? So you got Millsap and Milwaukee. Yo, all of a sudden that's that team is scary scary as hell. Um, it's a scary team. So so I just I just think that could determine a lot of these seedings as well. Like who knows yeah. where Millsap goes and all of a sudden the East looks way different. That would be
1: such a Milwaukee get too. Like it's a such a capable star to get. That's what's really cool about Millsap. He's not like the A star, he's the, you know, He's part of that team though, yeah, of yeah, all stars.
4: And he's long and athletic, and he is, he's really malleable. Can switch positions and switch on D. So all of a sudden, he's really good on he D. He fits in. He fits, he fits in, in with that Malachi. lineup way better, right? I really would like that to happen. Me too. And I can we even see, see somebody like Chicago, Chicago trying to trade for him, right? So if you trade Gibson and you know something else for Millsap, and all of a sudden Chicago's got Jimmy B. Millsap. Um, the shooters on the wings, um, D Wade coming in and doing some heroics now and then. Then that's even a more interesting team. So I just yeah. think any team Millsap goes to in the East, all of yeah. a sudden, they just boost. You know, he's they're just going to boost their chances. So yeah. I think that's the X factor where we're going to see. Like, yeah, this looks really good compared to what my predictions were at the beginning of uh, of the season. But mm-hmm. Millsap's the huge wrench. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: I saw I saw the writing on the wall with the Dwight Howard pickup. Yeah. I really did, and I think we even talked about yeah, it at Naismith. We did about how know. Atlanta was just like not going to make anything, and they're going to trade their vets, they're going to start over. Yep. It was very obvious, um, especially with their cap case, uh, case really. Yep. And um, I'm finding it hysterical that they are considering trading in the conference, though, just because how, how does it really help them, except for the fact that maybe they are seeing it in two steps or three steps in advance, and so they will lose to those teams that they're trading those vets for, mm-hmm. and they were going to get – those teams are going to get propelled to a higher standing than Atlanta, mm-hmm. and Atlanta's going to fall easily, like a free fall. Plus how you it is, I mean? there's like kind of a
4: time bomb stuck in there, too. Yeah. Is that like, okay, you trade Millsap to Milwaukee. What if he doesn't want to be in Milwaukee? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you got assets from Milwaukee, and then Millsap leaves. So you've kind of <laughs> secured your own ability to tank better, and then in the long term, right. Millsap's not going to be there. So right. I like what you're thinking. Maybe they're thinking a couple steps ahead. Um, the only thing is... You might have been able to see this with Dwight coming, and it might have been the same result. But Dwight's actually been way better than advertised He's in Atlanta. So has been great. He, you might have been like, you might have said, "Oh, they're training for Dwight. They're going to do this," and they ended up doing that anyways. But I think Dwight's actually not the impetus for
1: that. I though. never thought, I never thought that he would. But it was like it felt like the writing on the wall because they were over the cap because they had so much money long, um, invested in Schroeder and yeah. Howard and like Somebody How, had and Kent Bazemore. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, they were they're, they're yes. not going anywhere. That team was capped at, like, eighth seed at best, you know, so. um,
4: No, that's fair. That's fair. Atlanta is the, you know, the a It's
1: a very interesting spot for them, and they they do need to blow it up, and I hope that, you know, something turns around for them in the future. But right now, I mean, we were thinking, you know, Boston would be the best place because that would be the best pickup. Like, an easy first-round pick from the Nets for Millsap would be the easiest get. Nah, that it's too valuable nope, for Boston. I was Austin. gonna say
4: nobody, yeah, nobody's trading that for Millsap. I um, mean,
1: short-sighted response would be like that would be the grit. But
4: you keep hearing the rumblings from you know insiders Portland in the, the NBA about uh, Chicago, yeah. City, like, and they asked about this, you know, three months ago, six months ago, apparently. But Jimmy B for the Nets pick, and Chico- I mean that's crazy. Like, like that's sh- what Chicago's play is at. Is like they're trying to say like they're they're not really trying to trade Jimmy Butler, but if they could get the Brooklyn pick in this year's draft, like. Then they do it. So just think about that. Wow, that's the nice. level. Wow, that's the level of play we're talking about for that Brooklyn pick. This draft is so stacked that yeah. you're not going to Millsap is not
1: going to cut you're it. Right, and the Nets are so fucking bad. That's an that's an automatic top three pick. Yeah.
3: All right, let's. We I think we got to break down. We'll continue to break down Paul Millsap as that that trade, you know, potentially moves along yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about him in future episodes. Let's get into a little bit on the Western Conference side. So we have the Warriors at one, the Spurs at two, Rockets at three, the Clippers are still hanging in there at four. We have the Jazz at five, the Grizz are hitting us at six, Woo. Thunder at seven. Portland is hanging on at 8, and we have the Kings real close, real close at 9. So, boy, kind of thoughts and and – other concerns about I'm concerned what what, what is happening in the West. I mean, obviously the top two teams are not a surprise whatsoever. They're not budging. I don't think either. They're not budging. We highly expected I feel like the top that. top
1: three is locked. Actually, exactly. well, I, I think
3: we expected we expected the top two. We, we expected the Warriors and the Spurs, obviously, from what had happened last season. The Rockets, the Rockets, with the way they're playing, I don't think we're going to see them budge at three. But I don't think. I don't think we had them as high as we did. What do we have them at? Four? I had four. You had four. We I had six. We had six. Six? Okay. But I mean they're they've won like seven out of their last ten. They're, no, they're at, cruising. They're absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it. So yeah, I don't I don't think they're gonna move in the foreseeable future. Thoughts on the Clippers at four though. I oh, think
1: they're free falling right now. They're gonna be probably eighth seed in the next couple weeks for sure. <laughs> they're I don't see them winning a game. They've lost six straight, like with the, maybe the exception of the game over the Spurs, I think uh, they've I've, lost.
4: I've got them showing as one four three straight.
3: I I see winning four straight. Wait, what? Maybe, okay, sorry. A streak any, sorry, sorry 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 I've got
4: W three. Let me refresh. Okay, uh, West. My right?
3: fault. Last ten they. Okay, yeah. Last ten they've so gone four. four. They've won four. Four out of their last 10. Yeah, so
4: so they did lose six. They dropped six straight, straight. and now they're up four straight. So I think that's maybe the key point, though, is you're right, is that volatility. So they're not going to be able to sustain that four seed, and that leaves room. Like, right, like the Jazz are right on their heels, right? They're only two games back. But they can feel it.
1: Like, you can see the Doc Rivers ejections, the Austin Rivers ejections. Like, they're all over the place. They don't know what's coming right now. Their their health is such a concern that they don't even know what kind of moves they can make because there aren't any moves they can make. And so... Their whole season is kind of in flux
3: right now. No, um, for sure. I think, I see a free yeah. fall. I I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I think that the Clippers, the Clippers could certainly see that free fall. But their their volatility makes them damn hard to predict. And I think they fall. I don't know if you're going to see them at eight, nah. but Ooh. they I I think they could easily fall to five or well, six. Well, here's the
4: thing after the top 7 all have winning records and then from 8 down no it's one has a winning record. Yes. Yeah, yes. Like the the Blazers are 6 games under 500. Like mm-hmm. so Clippers might not drop that far to 8 but they'll drop towards sort of towards the bottom, right? Um totally agree with that. They're not going to and so like teams like the Jazz and the Grizzlies and the Thunder who have a little bit more stability, they're going to yeah, you're going to see them rise a little.
1: And bit. so that's why like I, I felt that, you know, the progress of the the standings yeah. take place just because of Stability versus instability. Yeah, I would say like that's crazy. The worst team defensively in the league is the eighth spot right now, <laughs> with the Kings on their you know in,
4: coattails. Again, it's crazy. Millsap. Can Sacramento get Millsap? Can they trade anybody? That was <laughs> a rumor that
3: was thrown yeah, up there. Can we
4: get a pick and a uh, Macklemore? and uh, What a terrible freaking
3: starting lineup. I, I we're we're looking at the at the, the Kings, Kings starting lineup earlier, and man, it's just ugh. the only thing that's retainable is like Cousins. Yeah, cousins and uh, wh- wh- who was the other? Oh, Collison or Afflalo. Yeah, no, Collison. Collison. I'll fall off the bench, but like, ugh, it was kind of nauseating. But you know, it's so ba- it's
1: embarrassing because we're in the same conference. You know, the Timberwolves <laughs> were that much more athletic. We're that better, cons- you know, conceptually. We're yes. Not,
3: and we're at fifteen. <laughs>
1: we're at the 15 worst team, in
3: the West. Yeah. Um,
4: so I was so gonna say, uh, just I mean, one other thing. Uh, we're talking about Kings and Millsap, but I think Portland is a sneaky. Uh, trade partner for Millsap mm-hmm. in here too. So all of a sudden, if they get yeah. a solid four, um, that team all of a sudden gets a lot better. And so you start seeing them performing maybe more where I thought they would be in like the the five slot. Like I think they could, if they sure. got Millsap or somebody of that caliber, they could definitely be back up in the in the mix there. But with all things considered, I think it's just these teams with the like cohesiveness that you're seeing yeah. you know, have success. The Jazz especially, like they're on the right side of their uh, trend on the line. Right side. Um, and I, you know, they for example, if you just see if the Jazz play anybody in this list outside the top three, like they're gonna make it to the second round. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if they if they can make the four five They wanna be slide, the four five. Yeah, they wanna be in the four five against anybody except for, you know, as long as, you know, the top three teams right now don't drop into the four or five slot. Like, they're, they're golden. They're making the second round. Like, that's crazy yeah. to think that's where they're at, especially considering Dante Axum has not really panned out as a pick and no. they're still doing this. And Matt, you know, I don't even want to go into who all was in that draft class, but let's say they draft almost anybody else from that class. Like, all of a sudden you're looking at much better so i think the jazz are
3: uh... yeah I, th- I i could definitely see the jazz kind of hanging in there at five i don't think they're i don't think there's a huge catalyst down to your point i mm-hmm. think they're they're a pretty stable pretty stable team right now so and and against the weaker side of the west i don't think they're going to fall too far mm-hmm. um the Grizz, the grays are essentially at the pretty much the same record as the jazz i i like them kind of staying in this six seven range
4: for sure. No, I think, again, right, uh, being the year, I thought they'd be at the bottom of the West uh, standings, and that's kind of where they're going to be in the last three slots-ish. But Marcus Gasol's playing too incredibly, and I think uh, he'll get a little bit of shine. in the And next all those segment, role
1: players are, like, buying into this. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, and that's the thing. And when Chandler have- Parsons hasn't been irrelevant <laughs> all season. Mike Conley, exactly. 153 million of Mike Conley, has not been relevant this season. Yeah, well, crazy. That's a lot. I mean, he's been injured. But when he's been playing, he's been well, really the good. And season record has not... Uh, respected of the fact that he's been injured, they're doing you know twelve games over five hundred right now. No, but that's what
3: I'm
4: saying is like he hasn't been irrelevant. He's just when he hasn't played. Yeah. he has like you know that hasn't been. Yeah, it's not good. But when he's been playing, he's actually been the Mike Connolly. So I was gonna say when you have Mike Connolly and Marcus all playing together, like on the court, like that's that's better than just about any other duo in the bottom of the list.
1: Yeah, right on, right on. So. all right. So, but any I don't think anything's really gonna budge. Like, who's the eighth spot? Like Pelicans? That's my pick. Like. Right now, outside yeah. of the top ten, uh, I think the, the Pelicans probably have the best shot at the eight. And I disagree. I over think the Portland,
4: Lakers, Lakers have a better shot than port. I mean, than of uh, the Pelicans. If we're looking at the bottom of that that conference, I think, yeah, I think the team cohesiveness on the Lakers is going to do more than Brow and Scrubs. Brown, brown and Scrubs.
3: I, I think if they make if they make moves, the, the Blazers move up. But I I like the Kings at at eight. I like the Kings at eight. I don't think I don't think Denver has enough to propel them. I definitely don't think that the Pelicans are going to rise rise above that high. Yeah, there's I don't know. It, the Lakers are so damn variable. It's trying to predict them is just makes my head spin. So
4: <laughs>
3: is that it? We wrapped that, up. That's, for the standings? It. That, that's it. that's it. That's it. The standings are done. The standings are done. There's it's, no more standings. <laughs> there's we no have, there's there's no more standings. We have it. completed the standings. <laughs> uh, take a seat. There's no more standings. It has been, <laughs> been <laughs> scrolled down. <laughs> standings are complete for the eighth we're gonna come back to those in a few weeks as yeah. we as we as we encroach the halfway point probably when is so the actual halfway like
1: point? like uh right around
3: um first of
1: february first of february yeah right okay. before all-star
3: Poo yeah all right we will be back with the three-man weave three
1: we are back hey what's
4: good fellas was oh man? One? What an answer. The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one, is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell we Westbrook. Westbrook. I, I'm doing I'm Harlem Globetrotter shit around my body, spinning on my finger right now. The second I'm candidate is okay. okay. uh,
3: uh, Three, man, we. Oh, yeah. We are running. MTG, what do you have for us? All right, so
4: we're just going to play catch-up this week. We're a little bit behind, and uh, let's just talk about broad themes across the NBA right now. So we're going to start off with... Like, it's about 35, 36 games into the season, so not mm. quite the full uh, 41, but we're going to say, first half, MVP picks. All Who right. do you got?
1: I'm going with Harden. You're not that I really want him to win, <laughs> but I think it's just because of the best team of the two-man race in my head between Westbrook and Harden, and he's watchable this season as opposed to his entire other half of his career. Um He's making that Rockets team run and fun, and it's oh. run and fun. Keep it going, running and fun. No. and fun.
3: Let's so, go, let's go.
4: No, but, I agree with I that. Mean, so, you think he's the first half MVP, or you think he will win the MVP?
3: Oh, it's I think this both.
1: Season. I think both for sure.
3: Boom. I do not. I do not agree. And I'm going. I'm going all top five here. I don't want. I don't want to go just with the top one. I'm going. I'm going Westbrook. I'm going Harden. I'm going LeBron, I'm going Greek Freak at four, and I'm going Curry at five. What? Wow! So Just throwing it all out yeah, there. No, throwing it all what? out there. I cannot, how can, you, how can you sit here and say that Westbrook has not taken the cake for the first half? He's had 17 triple doubles. The man is playing out of his mind. You ask me how do I sit here with my butt? <sighs> Unbelievable. So, I mean, look, I think the disrespect in that answer.
4: There's a ton of case being made for Westbrook. What I take offense at is why do we just have to put people in this conversation uh, just because they have a big name? Why do LeBron or Curry make it into this conversation? Neither of those dudes, KD either, none of them should win MVP this season.
1: Not a single one of them. But if you were to rank top five rankings, I would say probably even Kevin Durant over Curry. I would say LeBron just because how he's, like, managed to, you know, coast. But have monster performances on a pretty regular basis. <laughs>
4: you don't get to coast and be called MVP.
1: Yeah, no, and I agree. And so the, the latter for me is like a, a, a top two, top three. Okay, okay. And we're not even including Kawhi Leonard, who's on the second best team in the Western Conference, you know. And it's crazy to me, but for me, really, it's between. Harden and Westbrook. I, I don't disagree at all. I don't disagree with
3: it this but season specifically.
4: And that's what I'm saying. I think again, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of tradition and a lot of like oh, yes. rigor around like the way people Who, select MVP. Yeah. Even though I think it should just be who's the most valuable player to their team. If mm-hmm. you look at Houston and where they were last year yes. versus where they are now, there's it's undeniable that you say Harden is the, like most valuable player. Right up there with Westbrook, the other that Westbrook, the other one, right. So like KD leaves, yep. people expect them to fall off the face of the planet, and Westbrook is single-handedly night after night putting up monstrous numbers, Kobe-esque numbers, right? Yes. The new Black Mamba, he's just out here doing. It. So I think those two, it's unequivocally they mean the most to their team, right? So if you see Isn't LeBron crazy, if you see LeBron coasting in Cleveland, I see you know KD and Curry all making extra yeah, passes and shit like that, you know, sweaty. just like unnecessary passes, like. That's cool. They're great players. They're not the most valuable. Like I just don't think most valuable applies to either of them. I think the only other player that could be talked about would be Greek Freak. Yeah. If yeah. if Milwaukee can get to a high enough seed yeah. and he can do this over a whole season. If they because- do if
1: they go top 4 He's gonna be probably in my consideration. Though.
4: I, you know, I think I think he should. I think he's only been doing what he's been doing right now for like maybe what a month. Yeah. So like Seriously. you can't you can't be MVP candidate after only one month in an yeah. NBA yeah. season. Yeah. But he's the only one other one that's in that for me. I think LeBron will get votes, Curry will get votes, KD will get votes, but they're just like tradition votes. They're just yeah. like old white guy
0: votes.
3: Hey. Okay. But I I do want to go a little bit tangential on this, and I I do have to say though, I think Greek Freak the way that he's played. The fact that he's even in the MVP discussion makes him a lock for most improved, a lock for most improved, mm. especially over last season. Right. So, Gee, you threw out a crazy idea a few weeks ago, and this I think this was off mic, but we were talking about talking about this notion of co MVP. Is it is it even a possibility? Yes. And what would actually warrant? warrant the league actually going that route as opposed to selecting just one of these players? Um, the, the, um, the
1: current MVP race played out the exact way it started. So Harden has a top three seed on his team, but he's not really averaging a triple double or anything. He's just one of the better players in the league yeah. and Westbrook averaging a triple double, which has never happened, you know, mm-hmm. well in our generation and seeing the playoffs post all this, you know, debacle of his, their team. I feel like it has to be like that's the only written choice is a co-MVP potential between the two and I'd be very happy with that because it's like yeah a, a LeBron is coasting yeah a KD has also curry which kind of cancels each other out in terms of voting mm-hmm. they're on the best team with two best pl- the two best shooters in the game Kawhi Leonard should be probably in consideration but he's not really the storyline of the season if you were to talk about the season mm-hmm. that's usually actually who wins MVP the best player on the best team who carries out the season with the best story. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I And that's in the series and the season's carrying and, and this season's Harden and Westbrook.
4: Yeah. I think because they go with like, you know, first place vote is worth this much. Second place vote is worth this much. Unfortunately that they've worked in such that there will like probably never be a tie again. Unfortunately they will be, you know, unless they're tied for, you know, points that they get yeah, you're from, right. the, from the writers. But, um, I think that's what makes this race so great is that it is so close and that you can go either way with it. I think, unfortunately, we're going to see this come down to injuries. Does Houston, uh, you know, do all their other supporting cast stay healthy and Harden's able to, you know, drop all these dimes and get everybody involved and keep these numbers up? Does Westbrook get injured himself or do, you know, some of his other teammates, you know, kind of fall off a little bit? I think that's what we're going to be looking at is the supporting cast for each team will determine who wins MVP this season. A good
1: precedent is we just lost Clint Capella for the past, you know, three weeks and they replaced him with, you know, Matrezel Harrell (laughs) and... They haven't dropped a dime. Instead, exactly. they're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Yeah,
4: so, so exactly. So it's like, can Oklahoma State can they withstand? do the same thing if somebody big on their team goes out?
1: Dude, Jimmy Butler has been like the last three games 114 points, and that's not sustainable. But Russell, Russell Westbrook in the last three or four games of like 114 points, and it has been sustainable this whole season. Exactly. With, with the exception of a knee or something from Westbrook, it's going on the whole season. Yeah. And so I think it is sustainable, and I don't think it matters whose teammates are. I really don't. You know,
4: I you know I hope that you're right, but I just think all of a sudden if like all of a sudden he has Roberson and all these dudes off the bench <laughs> that have to hit the corner threes when <laughs> he drives and kicks, he's not those assist numbers are not staying at ten. He's it, not averaging. A who, make,
1: who is he currently kicking it to? That's a great I question. Think it's Roberson. Right?
4: But that's what I'm saying It's like if From all three? of a sudden he gets if he gets a drop off and like the the execution ability of his teammates, it doesn't matter how good he passes the ball. So all of a sudden, let's say he only ends up with eight assists a game, right? So he doesn't get that triple double and they're in the six or seven seed. And Houston stays in the three seed, maybe even creeps up to that two seed oh, and harden leaves the league, league and assists. That's a lock. But those numbers aren't that different. No, I, not, the storyline still isn't that different. I know, I know. And so that's and so that's my point is just that like the teammates will determine this just because of yeah, you're right. are the numbers be able to be sustained by, you know, by these things. Yeah, yeah, his points won't drop off, his rebounds won't drop off, but his assists might harden in terms of um Will defenses be able to collapse around him mm-hmm. if he doesn't have the options? And I think, I think in terms of system, he has a much better chance of being able to sustain it because in the an Antonio system, like again, right? We're talking about Eric Gordon is like those pieces are much more interchangeable than OKC, where all of a sudden if Stephen Adams goes down,
1: no, 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 nope, nope, they nope. collapse uh, on its head or on its ponytail. I feel like the NBA uh, um, released an article today or not long ago about the top five MVP right now mm-hmm. as they rank. And Giannis is in the top five. and I just like commend that ranking. Whoever wrote that article, yes, it was KD. No, it was um, Harden, uh, Westbrook, LeBron, KD, Giannis. You know, okay. an international star being born this season in the top five consideration for MVPs. Incredible.
3: That yeah, it, I felt so good actual, about that. Yeah,
1: and like moving on with that, you know, charitable uh, reward of Giannis's like play. You know, the, the the players themselves and the people are watching and taking notice. And then the in the first ballot returns
3: of the All Star, we have Giannis, you know, almost leading the way. Yeah. It's so incredible. So let's talk a little bit about the All Star game voting so far here because it's 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 a big deal and it's obviously ramping up and everybody they're doing it a little bit differently than they have before. So talk a little bit a little bit about um, what's happening in the East. LeBron is obviously kind of leaning it from a front court perspective in the East, but Giannis is is basically behind him by about a hundred thousand votes as of what is this article on the fifth or something like that, just yeah. a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah.
4: and to me that's awesome. That's more impressive to me than anybody, including the MVP list, is that like the fans who vote for this stuff, like the yeah. casual fan, mm-hmm. knows who he is and is rewarding his play. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's other times or other seasons where he might be like uh you know at the bottom of this list and gets on as a reserve or something yes. because people aren't quite paying the same attention. But yeah. yes. I just I think this speaks to maybe the intelligence of the people voting right now. It's just like, yeah, we're seeing him be rewarded for this excellent play.
3: You know, I, I have to talk about one other thing on the front court perspective. We could potentially see I don't think he's gonna jump into two, but Joel Embiid is potentially going to be the third the third choice from the voters, which is yeah. crazy. Because he's only a he's only about thirty thousand votes behind love love at this point. And I think he could overtake him. And that's so crazy. He As a rookie case. he really has a case well, for and, it. Too. And
4: better than that is like so the fan vote now is only fifty percent. Yeah. You got twenty five for each of the other constituents yes. of the voting. How are players going to vote between Kevin Love and Joel Embiid? Who gets the love there? And to me it's probably Embiid. Yes, yeah.
3: right. I, I I think who gets the love. That's it? like who gets the love. Oh, it's oh. probably Embiid. That's uh. a
1: really cool, uh, you know, perspective on this. I actually thought of it the reverse way. It was like a checks and balances thing where the population is going to vote in Zaza Pachulia, but the players and <laughs> media are not going to vote in Zaza Pachulia, so he right. stays yeah. off that list, yep. which dethrones the public to yep. the point where what the hell are the public doing here? But like a Joel Embiid is an interesting case to the point where he's probably getting in. He's yeah. he's probably getting. Or you in. see
4: somebody like a Jimmy Butler at six. Jimmy Butler deserves to be starting an All Star game now. So do you know maybe we have more yeah. deserving people than spots. Yeah. But Jimmy Butler should, should be higher than anyone else other than Giannis and LeBron on that list. I agree.
3: Yeah, um, definitely higher than so Carmelo. Right, it is
4: it is checks and balances. Yeah, exactly. Carmelo getting more votes. Votes. Like, this is this is the thing about All Star that I want to see and see how this plays out uh, with the new uh, voting blocks is, can we somehow discount for the popularity of names?
3: Yeah. Right? Yes. Like, yes. I don't
4: want to see Carmelo on that's, this list. That's what's happened with Carmelo every Dwayne single Wade. season. I don't want to see Dwayne Wade on this list. I don't want to see uh, some of these players that don't deserve to be on this list yeah. here. And do we get the players and the media yeah, 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 yeah. representing a counterbalance against that? Porzingis, like, again, other than Carmelo on that list, everyone else
1: is deserving. Yeah, really? I
4: mean, Paul George is a question mark for me, but <laughs> I guess other than that. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, but he doesn't have but the name but Whiteside, either. To
3: Whiteside, even Parker, probably deserves to be on this which list. Which is pretty surprising, but it's Deserves deserved. to be on this list. You, you know,
1: get, it's funny because it's 5,000 votes between Kristaps and Carmelo in the popularity vote. Think about that for a second. Carmelo, a staple name, is kind of being dethroned as he sees it right now live yeah. by Kristaps, by popularity. Wow. It's imp- I think it's impossible There's a zero percent chance that Carmelo makes the All Star team this year, based on that. As a starter, right? I think. Just period. You think? You you think
4: period? Wow. I don't. I don't think so. I think unfortunately there's too much hero worship among players. Like Kobe would have made the All Star game last year, year, even with the players voting because everyone Kobe was giving away shoes signed to every player (laughs) that you know, (laughs) to Jamar DeRozan and everybody that loved him growing up. It's it's fifteen
1: players. Is that correct or fourteen? I don't. I don't know the number of players. It's probably like what seven and seven or something. Seven guards, seven forwards. Yeah, maybe something like that. But
4: all I know is that I, I think that's the the factor we're not keeping track of is like we think the players will be this arbiter of like oh, yeah. excellence no. and like we you know we will judiciously like look at the numbers and things like no they're just like no, going to people not. that's what I'm saying so I think that gives Carmelo a shot. Oh shoot,
3: yeah, yeah. no right. he he's he's right. So let you right. Let's uh, let's keep going through this uh, in the East. Talk, let's talk a little bit about the guards because just in terms of voting, this is not surprising that Kyrie is just basically a, a dominating force. At, at number one here with almost five hundred fifty thousand, Dwayne Wade at two, Rosen at three, Thomas at four. I mean, I don't, re- I don't really like this. I don't like this at all, really. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Giannis is their
1: point guard, isn't it? Like um, for for Brooklyn or for Milwaukee, and he's in a forward spot. I also think that it's hysterical that they are allowing miss, they're allowing misspell[s] yeah to count for like Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the alphabet. Like, yeah. you can't. You can't spell that name correctly on Twitter. Right. Um, so they're allowing that, and they're also allowing bots to retweet and accept that as a vote. So it's kind of funny that like, people like, you know, Joel Embiid has, has gotten this much traction. But back in the guards' standpoint, so who we're looking like, at Derek Rose. We're looking at... Yeah. Why is he there? We're looking at um, Jeremy Lin. Why is he there? He's barely played this Dwayne season.
4: Dwayne Wade, Kemba Walker doesn't deserve All Star credit this season, in my book. Avery Bradley, again, no my, not he's not moving the needle um, no. in terms of All Star deserving guards. And again, I think you,
3: DeRozan is DeRozan is basically my top choice. Oh, and yeah. like, if if I go, I'm going with DeRozan. I'm going with Thomas as well. Thomas, the impact mm-hmm. that he's keeping that he's having on Boston, Boston, keeping them in the third spot. I mean, yeah. it's it's incredible. So, I I mean, it's it, you kind of have that split factor with Kyrie and LeBron and everyone else. So. Yeah,
4: no, I think both Toronto guards deserve to be in the All-Star game. Isaiah Thomas uh, and Kyrie, those are the – oh, and John Wall. I think John Wall deserves to be in the Yeah, John that. Wall,
3: especially after a recent um, play.
4: But yeah, I think those are I think those are the uh, I think those are the correct ones. I think you toss Dwayne Wade, you toss Derrick Rose, you toss Lynn Walker and Bradley out. Yeah, you out toss
3: Lynn really far. You toss <laughs> yeah. Lynn really far out there.
4: Nah, so the guards are. I, it's not so un unsuspect. It's like not so surprising though that like Dwayne Wade made it in there. Kyrie is you know been putting on no no putting up big numbers. So I don't think these things are surprising in terms of that respect. But I just hope the right guys end up starting. I think you I think you will see like a Demar. Get to the top there with like the media voting. Yep. Um, I think he'll be starting, and I think
1: Kyrie will probably be starting. Do we bring what? back centers because like we're looking at this and we see Hassan Whiteside and Joel Embiid?
4: They're just considered front front court.
1: I know. Like, do we bring back centers in their own category? Oh, I like think guards, forwards, centers. I don't think so. And oh, I, think, right? I think
4: I think it's unfortunately, too I think there's not since there's only f- it's not an even number like yes five five people on the court at yeah. once like one of those front quarter guards is gonna. Feel like uh, yeah, yeah. you know, disrespected, or just like feel like they don't get the the main.
1: Uh, but this kills the centers, and they feel like they're disrespected. Their center position is in jeopardy in terms of who's starting as a center. It's,
4: it's true, but I think also the center position has been so up and down over the few last, last few years that it's just like I don't know. That's always going to happen. I, I think with, with the league, sure. mm-hmm.
3: it's malleable enough that they could change it on a dime. It doesn't matter. So, so who started last year for the guards, just to close out on the East? Wasn't no. wasn't it Lowry and Kyrie? That's what I, that's what I think it was. But I, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember. OK, no. We'll, 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 uh, we'll go into errors and omissions next week. <laughs> um, all right. Talking a little bit about the Western Conference. There's there's a pretty funny stuff going on here. So, uh, I mean, you have Durant kind of leading the charge on the front court. Zaza Pachulia is 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 behind him by like one hundred thousand votes, but he's clearly in second. Like what is happening here?
4: I think that's been talked about to death. I mean, we know yeah. we know the bots. We know the push from you know Georgia. We know like all you know, and this is why they changed the voting. Yeah, almost specifically, they should call it the Zaza rule. The Zaza rule. rule. Yeah. <laughs> the Zaza
3: rule. And then we have we have Kawhi at three. I think is completely deserving at, at at three and definitely deserves to be a starter given what what he's done this year. Um, so I kind uh, of agree with this list. So, but uh, yeah. I mean, it, but if you move, if you take out Zaza what do you think the actual top three it are if you factor in the player and if you yeah. factor in the player in the media voting? Oh, I would say definitely Kevin Durant. I would say
1: Kawhi Leonard. Yes. And probably, fortunately, unfortunately, Draymond Green. Mm-hmm.
4: I, don't, <coughs> I don't think Draymond's going to get as much love this year. Uh, okay. So from it's from the media or the players, so yeah, I think Anthony Davis will wow. get into that three spot. Um, but I think you'll see a huge jump from Marcus Saul. I think he'll be right on the cusp there. I think he'll jump up to like a number four. I think he jumps ahead of everyone on that list except for the
1: top three. We just yeah,
3: he's gonna jump over. Definitely he'll jump get over. A lot of love from media and Marcus All will jump over Griffin, LMA, Towns. Yeah. You're saying he jumps over cousins too.
4: Cousins is not getting love from the media, and he's not getting love. <laughs> no, from the he's players. fighting
3: with the media. He's not going to get the media vote. I that's mean, that's saying. that's obvious. Marcus
4: Gasol is going to be the darling of this, and so I just think I think Davis will get this as a nod to the fact that you know he's not even sniffing the playoffs, and so media and stuff like that'll, yeah. will play a factor there. But
3: all right, so our our last section is the the Western Conference guards. We basically have Curry at one, Harden at two, Westbrook at three. These guys are all separated by around like 20,000 votes. <laughs> so, awesome. I mean, it's that's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy just with the play that even from a fan perspective, we're not going to see Harden and Westbrook in there.
4: Right. I, yeah, I think it's outrageous. I think those two should be the ones starting, and Curry definitely should not be a starting guard, um, which is crazy to say, right? Mm-hmm. Reigning yep. back-to-back MVP should, <laughs> should not be a not starting, be starting NBA uh, all-star guard, but –
1: it would be even ah. crazier as if somehow they do dethrone Curry and it's Harden, Westbrook, and Durant all starting for the Western Conference because they were all former teammates.
4: Oh. Yeah, wow. right. How crazy would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think... I do like
1: this list in a lot of ways. I feel like Eric Gordon's kind of an outlier in this one, but... Um, and yeah. Manu Ginobili just... I don't understand that. No, one. I <laughs> think... <they're> <laughs> <laughs> Gordon at
4: 7, Ginobili 8, Iguodala 9, Zach Levine 10. Throw are all those dudes. They're not, not getting yeah. it. Um, I think Lillard has a less strong case this year than he did have last year to get in he's but I think injured. he's still an all-star caliber player but unfortunately I just think he won't he won't make the cut unfortunately but uh, yeah. does no. Chris
3: Paul just get voted in just being a, a <laughs> player's rep or what yeah right no, I, <laughs> yeah I yeah that.
4: I think he's getting close to being just a name that gets all the votes, regardless of his play. I mean, obviously he's been holding that team afloat, so it's deserving. But I think he's he's getting. I think he's maybe two years away from being uh, the Carmelo Dwayne Wade.
1: Uh, yeah, syndrome. good good point.
3: All right, we have any other topics for the three man? We got a back fat. Back oh, fat. Oh, bring out drop the it back in. Fat. We got a New Year's back fat. New Year's back fat. Uh, okay, so the rule the rule this year is we're. The rule for 2017 back fat is we're going to trim that back fat. Well, we're going to trim the back fat, and we have to go with a guess. We, 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 In we prior episodes, we did not go with a ga- guess. I did not go with a guess. Yeah, thank you. Clarify. I did not go with a guess, so I am bringing it down. All right, gee, bring it, bring it on down.
1: The quality of this back fat is unmatched by any <laughs> other back fat.
4: Certified organic, <laughs> pasture fed or pasture raised, grain free, grass fed back fat. Go
1: ahead. No treadmill, just all grass incredible um this player current nba player is averaging a career best 40 percent from three point range mm-hmm. but he doesn't really protect the paint but he's the third most um in terms of charges he gets the most charges Third, third most charges in the nba this season he has an unofficial title of being as of having no chance of becoming an o-man no chance of becoming an old man. And I guess you can read that into what you want, but he's currently not a starter, right? We'll say that much. Okay. Um, he's a member of a community that I belong to, believe it or not. Woo. He's a gamer. Or you could, yeah, or whatever. Um, <laughs> so he was drafted the same year as Derrick Rose, Michael Beasley, you know, Roy Hibbert, Serge Ibaka, to name a few. So that that class the year before, he won an NCAA championship with some other fellow you know, players that got drafted in the NBA. They were wearing jersey numbers 13, 22, 15, just to kind of give you a little background without giving you the names. Mm-hmm. Those are his teammates. Um, in 2015, a 28-year-old named Michael Jackson tried to rob him at gunpoint.
3: Oh.
1: And he wow. was wearing multiple gold chains. And he hasn't worn them since. He didn't get those, you know, gold chains, but he hasn't worn them since. His shot, lo- his shot chart looks like this. If you were to look at um, the screen it's above, it's a visual medium. This it's is a visual podca- medium. This
3: is a podcast.
1: Where it looks like all he does is shoot threes and dunks. All right, that's his shot chart. Okay. The shot chart for the back fat. Oh man, forty percent. Wow. Okay, this is, the, this is, I believe, the selling point, okay? Finally, he has a very distinguishable feature on his, in his, bo- on his body, face, you know, whatever. You know how, like, James Harden? James Harden has the beard.
3: It's, I know who it is. I know who it is. You know, Anthony Davis has the brow. He has the mole. He does have a mole. Is it? He has the mole. I was
1: gonna say it
3: is one and only Maurice Maurice Space. Thank you guys. You have completed the back fat. We have completed the back fat assignment for the first episode of 2017. I'm so happy right now. Absolutely incredible. Gee, that 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 is as deep as we've gone into the back fat, and a correct guess. I don't know if we've uh, warned, or I don't know if I've actually had any other guesses. So never in your life. <laughs> what, what i was gonna say what i was gonna say is, gonna say is hey, like fgg is leaving the rest of this episode <laughs> so <laughs> james harden has a
1: beard and it has its own and it has its own twitter account and yeah anthony Davis's
3: brow has its own twitter account yeah and maurice spate's mole has its own twitter yeah, account. yeah maurice spate's yes. mole destroys 4k television like it's just like i don't want it i don't want it that crystal clear
4: nope you don't <laughs> you don't, don't want to see it pulsating it's <laughs> gross
3: All
1: right. He's a member
3: of the bald community. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the bald community. I was like, Maurice Spates is a gamer. He has has to be. All right. And
4: we out. Newness on the internet is all about that novelty. Not novelty. Newness on the internet is all about that novelty. Seattle Connection. NCAS Networks.
3: Where are we? Where are we? We're obviously back with This Week in Basketball. So it is Hondo and Guy where MTG has uh, set sail. So he, he will join us on the very next episode, episode 20 of Right in the Pine. However, you know, we need to go a little bit into some league activity that happened this last week. Um, we have to talk about a pretty interesting stat. The fact that both John Wall and James Harden won both player of the week as well as player of the month. That's kind of crazy. I've not seen that stat before. Have you, Guy? And no, there's no, he's got no, no ans- audio. No time. No answer. <laughs> <laughs> Com- completely shocked by
1: that one. You know, I have to, you know, <laughs> retrace the facts along with the back facts. Um, Com- personally, I don't remember in the last couple of seasons of this happening. Yeah. But really, um, it's very obvious that it's probably happened where a Steph Curry is one player of the week for consecutive weeks and then a player of the month. You know yeah both, yeah
3: both you know conferences' is kind of yeah know, no unique, it unique. it's it seems very unique mm-hmm. we do have to talk about the fact that I did not even know that this existed. there's a coach of the month I had, stat. No, I had no idea what, so does it go back all the way from the start of the season or yes. what what's the uh who's won it so far i I don't know who's won that like
1: the monthly okay coach of the month, but for December. Mike D'Antoni won. Well, I
3: mean, it makes sense. What is for he, 10-2 sure. and 2 over the course of December? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it, that obviously makes sense. Yeah. Um, hey, there, there's a little bit of league activity here. You're from more familiar with this than I am. And you're, mm-hmm. uh, this is around the uh, the semi-controversial two-minute reports right. from the NBA. Can you kind of break down what those are for yeah, me? Yeah, one
1: of the advisors, uh, Kiki Vanderway, um, basically stated to multiple reporters like Zeklo. That this last two minute report, you know, that's happening that's very trying to trying to be as transparent as possible to the league about and its viewers about refing on close games, mm-hmm. that's in fact not going anywhere. Um, there's been some controversy. There's been some topics about or talking points about it actually going away because it doesn't resolve anything. It just basically says we screwed up and this is why. Yeah. Or we were correct and this is why. Yeah, it's just the asterisk game. It's the asterisk game. Yeah, it's the cork bat. And really <laughs> they're not going away with this. In fact, they're looking at expanding it to the full game. Um, from my point of view, I don't mind it. In fact, I love it. Mm-hmm. But what it
3: breeds is kind of a little bit of hostility. It's like the game has already been played. We don't need to yeah, relapse so, on the game. So what's the ramification, though, if they go full game here? Do they, do they essentially raise the question of are they replaying games? Are they basically going back and making decisions? I I just I don't understand what doing these doing these reviews ex post facto actually ends up doing to the game besides just kind of changing the stat book if you will I really hope it does
1: nothing to the game I really hope that it's just more of the accountability on refs but the refs have their own union of saying we don't need this we don't require this yeah. in fact we shouldn't have this and they, they do their own process right mm-hmm. so personally I'm fine with whatever is happening um, but this was stated publicly you know, mm-hmm. so it just—it feels like this is a big topic point. Yeah,
3: I—I'm just—I'm leery of this going the direction of something very bad has happened in the game, and we've overturned it. Now we're replaying the game that's already been played. Yeah, and and I just—I think that's a terrible direction that's for right. the game. That's right. That's right. Um, and it's just—it's a weird thing for the fans. You're like, the game is over. It's not over. It's just like, oh. I could see the NFL doing that. I just don't want the N. <laughs> I just don't want the NBA to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? We have to talk probably the biggest news of the last week in basketball, and that's in the in the trade department. So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the episode, but let's let's kind of break down what happened here: the Kyle Korver trade from Atlanta. You want to?
1: Yeah, there was a a week prior, just right after Christmas, where they were interviewing Atlanta fans and Atlanta players and saying like, you know, Kyle Korver, Bill, Paul Millsap. Are they on the trading block? And Cal Corver was kind of on, you know, record saying he loves his family, he loves it being here in Atlanta. He's been he's been the most successful player he's ever been in Atlanta. His children have been raised in Atlanta, you know. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap, same thing. He has a family in Atlanta. He has had his career rejuvenated in Atlanta. He doesn't want to go anywhere, but the writing's on the wall. He said, you know, both of them have said, you know, if it happens, it happens. I will cry, mm-hmm. but it will it'll happen. Yeah, but I'll
3: move on, I guess.
1: Corver got traded. Corver got traded, um, pretty hastily, I might add, yep. to Cleveland. And why Cleveland? I don't understand. But for matters that we can't really predict right now or talk about right now, he sure. got traded for Mo Williams and Mike Dunleavy. How does this happen? Where two non-factors to Cleveland
3: yep. are being traded for a factor yeah. in Cal Corver? Was it just? Is it just a cap space issue? Or, well, like, what is it? I I, I really. I don't know. I think I think the other podcast will continue to kind of break this one down. Yeah. In, in perpetuity. There's probably here, a
1: lot at play. Probably it's like you know, Kyle Cover's at the tor- like the tail end of his career, past his prime, but he's relevant, and maybe it's a like kind of it forward to doing it such a good job for us in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Here is a chance for you to be a title contender. In addition, we probably shed a little bit of cap space, and we get two players that are probably going to be off the books, if not immediately, if not bought out. Um, apparently, as of you know, 20 minutes ago, Mike Dunleavy has yet to report. To Atlanta, which Re- could really complicate things. And, my, and Mo Williams was a um, apparently a cancer to the Cleveland locker room yeah. and the management where he was told he was banned from entering the arena mm-hmm. and the practice facility because he wanted, you know, leg surgery on the Cavs dime as opposed to, you know... It not being and it it being on its own. Yeah, of course. Because he had officially announced his retirement. Sure. Um, it's really crazy that's happened. Um,
3: so there's also a first round pick
1: that's happened. Yeah. In, so, as well. so how and does
3: how is that going to work, and who's that pick going to? Well, it's going to Atlanta from okay. Cleveland. Okay. From Cleveland,
1: and it's basically a trash pick. Um, you know, late first round, mm-hmm. like where Cleveland ends up. Um, unless Cleveland has a debacle season or second half of the season, and they end up in the lottery, yeah. which then it would be provised that it would just stay with <laughs> The probability Cleveland. of Cleveland in the lottery is zero. Percent. zero. <laughs> yeah, they're staying put at the one seed. I feel like um, this is a crazy trade to set up the fact that Cleveland is not done. And uh, hold your horses, you know, Golden State. If you do, you're going to be defeated by the <laughs> fact that now there's a love LeBron, Corver, J.R. Smith, Kyrie Irving lineup oh my god potential
3: that is so that is so insane to even it consider. kind of feels like
1: Mike Miller going to Miami or Cleveland you Yeah, know? like it's a similar player kind of doing similar things at the tail end of a very similar career mm-hmm. uh path and dude I love Kyle Corver's game you know that 60 win season that they had at Atlanta
3: was such a fun and revolution yeah and it was season basically brought <laughs> I mean he's an integral part of that that yeah. season so um hey there there's a there's some waivers that happen as well in, in, the, in the league last week. It, there's a lot of no-namers, you know, like John Lucas III
1: and Alonzo G and some other people. But, like, something like a Hollis Thompson from Philadelphia, that player is actually doing work for him. Um, he's a backup shooting guard for whoever they have at starting. I think it's Nick Stauskas. And um, he's reliable. And they waived him. And for what? I have no idea because they were already at, you know, their current roster space. Yep. This is this is big news for me because it's like teams that need a shooting guard now have an easy option at Hollis Thompson yeah. or you know all these other players that are getting waived.
3: So where where's the likely spot for him to
1: land? Uh, honestly, he's the cheapest shooting guard you'll ever see that's reliable. Yeah, um, Cleveland, honestly really i don't want him to go to cleveland but <laughs> they needed they they, need a, they probably need a backup shooting guard right now yeah. or a backup point guard which i guess hollis Thompson can do a spot minutes for sure Um uh, it probably won't happen but sure. you know like a minnesota uh sacramento uh you know yeah utah could get him yeah and that'd be incredible um he plays 10 minutes 20 minutes uh 10 to 15 minutes a night he's
3: putting up you know seven points eight points it's reliable hey that i mean offense. that's that's an that's enough for uh, you know a cheap waiver type option get picked up so
1: yeah and there's been some injuries there's been some fines and there's been some ejections and stuff but you know as part of our catch-up episode you know maybe we can kind of recalibrate that in the weeks to come Mm -hmm. but it's been really interesting because today today specifically was the waiver um clause waiver deadline deadline. yeah and so now we're looking at a trade deadline of you know right right in front of the uh, Uh, all-star break okay and so that's our next big, you know, moment. Sure. I think at the end of this month, we can talk about medical retirements, yep. such as Nikola Pekovic and Chris Bosch and other play players like that. Yep.
3: But um, that'll be very interesting okay. to hear. Well, we will bring it up in a future episode. Yeah. All right, so we need to jump into a little bit lighter news. And there, there's some fun lighter news for this last week. There's Definitely. some really, really interesting stuff. Well, first off, Matt Bonner announces his retirement, and he goes out with a pretty funny retirement video. Mm-hmm. So kind of just... Showcasing the teams that he had been through and wearing the jerseys <laughs> and just great. kind of walking down from the mountains basically yes. into the court. Yes. So, I uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a unique way to go out. And you know, uh, some other people have kind of gone out with the
1: the Players you know, Tribune. Yeah,
3: they've gone out with the Players Tribune and kind of with that written story. But he kind of went out pretty lighthearted, and I thought it was I thought it was a unique way to kind of honor his career. And he's been around the league what thirteen seasons. So yeah. Um. Definitely a respectable a respectable career. I, I, we're not going to see him in any <laughs> sort of like Hall of Fame voting or anything like that. But yeah. we, you know, he he did have a did have a fairly interesting career for sure. Um, I think even bigger news than that is the fact that Ice Cube has announced a three on three league, and I I don't know kind of what propelled this, but it's it's so funny like how these things kind of come about but yeah. it it could be popular just depending on when it's shown during the year. Yeah. So what is it called the the, the big, big three. 3 big 3 retired 3 on 3 league. Yeah. Um he's got a couple of commits. I think Gary Payton was a coach that was going to commit Kenyon Martin <laughs> is definitely one of the players. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um I think like Cliff Robinson and like uh Glenn or Glenn Robinson and yeah, like Nate. Nate, I Name, don't know. Nate, Rob, all the Robs, all the Rob.
3: <laughs> but I, I think it could be it could be kind of fun, and it's it's definitely an option for those that that want to like they want to try their hand at basketball, but they don't want or the, you know they want to keep playing a little bit and be around the game, but they don't have enough horsepower to go to go to the you know to China or to yeah, Turkey or yeah. to Greece or something like that. So or Russia, I guess. Well, it's heavily endorsed by Ice
1: Cube and his posse. I think it's going to flop, but it's a great idea. I really do. Um,
3: But, but do you? I mean, to me, it seems along the lines of something like NBA Streetball, like the Code Red Streetball League, like which was it? It was fun. I don't think it ever got a huge, huge following, but but people did watch it. I think it's one of those things. If people connect with the names, and if it has some of that viral attention it could p- potentially survive but I just don't see with how many games and how many leagues and how many different geographies play ball that this uh, is actually going to be a viable solution well said well said yep all right so we got this is such We're an obscure celebrity. such an obscure announcement we just have to talk about it the fact that basically there's this huge, huge boxing match which is going to take 50 cent goes on record saying he wants he wants uh nba greats tim thomas and kenyon martin <laughs> to basically box against each other nba greats yeah nba greats <laughs> against each other in a in an undercard fight for a soldier boy and chris brown fight i'm like this you can't make this stuff up. No, you really can't. I'm like, Apparently. besides, besides Dennis Rodman and Pyongyang, like <laughs> I, I definitely don't, I, I don't know like how I could like, I put it underneath that, but it's, it's, like, top-level craziness. I bet you
1: that was the impetus of the big three league, like Dennis Rodman <laughs> in North Korea. Seriously, like...
3: Ice Cube got super, super high and just decided he wanted a three-on-three league. And 50 Cent is always high and wants to coach uh, Stay
1: Chris high, Brown. yeah. Stay high, ride that high. Apparently, Rampage Jackson is now the coach for this fight, like, one of the, <laughs> one of the boxing coaches or whatever. This is just crazy. I
3: you know what just a general life rule I don't like to watch NBA players like swinging their fists they're just so awful at at boxing it's it's not good they can't fight they definitely can't fight well the title of this fight should be called hold me back the only the only fighter that can really fight is is James Harden and it's because he hires other people to fight for him and he just flops on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the last last news is I think it's probably the funniest thing that I've seen, and this is again Smash Mouth. Like Smash mouth. I don't even I I don't even know his real name, but he goes off on Draymond Green and goes off on like on Golden State, and just, like, how does he have so much sway on, on Twitter? And he's basically, he takes down he takes down California sports whenever he feels like That's it. That's right. So All of Oakland
1: sports, he was, like, going off on the A's as well, uh, and the Raiders after they lost, um, apparently, recently. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just as of our recording, like, an hour ago um, or so, he goes off on, you know, Draymond Green, on Steve Kerr, on Kevin Durant. Like, how are you doing this? Do you guys have jobs? Stop talking to the refs, you know, player roles. Just check yourself, dude. That was embarrassing. Like, that's hilarious. Like, he's just going off on this stuff, and who is he? And apparently he has a lot of clout, so. Yeah.
3: All right, so we're going to mo- move from our lighter news into our section of did he say that, our quotes from our players, coaches, and media. Oh, um, well, you know, we got we to gotta kick it right off. So Timothy Mozgov, he goes, to be honest, I miss Cleveland. That that is a pretty interesting statement right there. So, Very, yeah, but, I, but not to not to be outdone, we, we have a so so we have a comment from beat writer uh, Darren Wilson. And what, what does he what does he basically tell the the T Wolves loyal?
1: He tells the T Wolves loyal exactly that. Man, the T Wolves five and fifteen in close games, and now have blown twelve digit double digit <laughs> leads both. NBA worst. <laughs> Man, I
3: that's, that's they have more blown
1: double digit leads. Look at that. Twelve?
3: Yes. And they have wins. Oh my god. It's 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 concerning. It's basically like um, basically like heartburn inducing, he, essentially. He ends with the little
1: tweet by saying, play like hell for Markel, as in Markel Fultz, the number one pick potentially from <laughs> Washington. That was pretty funny to see that. Um, you know, Coupling with the Mozgov tweet, tweet about going to Cleveland, um, Andrew Bogut on the Mavs has basically said, "You know, thankfully I'm a free agent here, so I only have to only have to be here for a couple more months, and then I'm probably most likely going to be moving on." Yo, that's powerful. It's like I'm done with the season. Mm-hmm. I've already moved on. They're putting me on the bench. I want to be on the bench. Yeah, it's like he misses his home because his home was like spoiling him. You know, um, Kevin Love. You know, we recently had that. You know. Trade announcement from Cal Corver and uh, affiliates. Kevin Love's advice to Cal Corver on playing with LeBron: When you catch the ball, shoot it.
3: What <laughs> what
1: what? What What amazing, what other what amazing advice yeah. he's given him.
3: Um, I, you know, I think probably the last one here that we really need to get into, and the funniest is Obama. Obama basically states to the Timberwolves, "Play better defense."
1: <laughs> Absolutely incredible. They were up by 11 or something, and they ended up losing in the
3: last couple minutes of this game. is incredible. Way uh, to be inspired, Tim. Yeah. All right, so I want to get. I'm, we're going to skip over the uh, the rambling gambler this week and get it right into our games of the week. Some games of note. Some games I really want you to try and avoid. So. I think my game of the week is going to be Rockets versus Grizzlies. This is occurring on the 13th which, offense versus defense. Which, yeah that's that's what that is. So what is what day is the 13th? Oh, it's next. Yeah, ne- next, next Friday. Next Friday, I, I think. Next it's ne- Friday the thirteenth. Oh, Friday the thirteenth. It's a great game. You have to have to tune in. A couple of games to note for next week: the Bucks are playing the Spurs, which I think should be a fun game. I think the Spurs are going to take that one, but that w- that should be a fun one to watch. The Grizz are going to play the Thunder. I don't know which direction that is going to go, and that's okay with me. I'm going to tune into that game. So the worst games. We actually missed a real doozy of a game today. This was the 76ers and Nets. They they played earlier today. I think they played at like like 11 this morning. The brunch so, game. Yeah, yeah, definitely the brunch game. The pre-brunch game. Uh, we have a really, really bad game just from a record standpoint. Even as T-Wolves loyal, like the Mavs are playing the T-Wolves. I think combined, we've won 22 games, so... That is a tough one. The good thing is somebody's gotta win. Somebody's gotta win on that one. Uh the Mavs played the Suns on another awful game. And then the Spurs, the Spurs are playing the Suns. Not not that I'm against this watching the Spurs, but the Spurs playing the Suns is not an equal an equal game. <laughs> it's not fair. It's just not fair. I just I don't wanna see it. I do not want to see it. The obscure game, the obscure game that I'm completely making up that I want to see is I want to see CSK, CSK, CSKA from the Russian league versus Duke. Wow! I don't, I don't know how I can wow. make it happen, but we'll try to make it happen. All right, all right, Key, you're gonna wrap us up, wrap us up with your your closing quote here. Well, this has been an incredible episode, um, and we're gonna bring in the
1: new year with some hot drops. We're gonna throw up our Instagram. We're gonna, you know make our uh, presence viral online and just stay with us. But you gotta stay with us with Kyle Lowry when asked about his ankle injury. I'm a Wolverine, man. You know Wolverine? I'm Wolverine. Except for when I die, I'ma just die.
2: This has been a Vencast Studios production.